How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. It may be surprising to learn that one of the main questions that we discuss academically about religion is one that may seem pretty obvious to a lot of people. What even is religion? There may be answers to these questions like it's a set of beliefs or it's a way of life, but these answers are often projections of one's own religious tradition and doesn't necessarily apply universally. In the study of religions, there have been many theories about what religion is all about. Why are people religious? Why do people believe? Why do people identify as Christian or Hindu or Muslim? Um, for example, Max Weber presented a theory that religion is basically a way for people to create meaning in a seemingly meaningless world. And following in his line is also Clifford Geertz, who wrote a very famous definition for religion where he defines it to, to summarize it as uh, to create order in chaos, basically. On the other hand, the sociologist Emile Durkheim defined religion in, not surprisingly, very sociological terms that religion is primarily a question of group identity and social belonging. So, simply put, there is a lot of theories and a lot of ideas about what religion or belief comes from or what it consists of. There are a lot of questions, but not a lot of definitive answers. 
But I think these questions are still worth asking. Why does someone identify as Christian or Muslim for that matter? What is belief and what does that term mean to people who do believe or to researchers like us? Uh, there is research that may partly at least answer this question. In 2001, there was a census study made in the UK which revealed that 72% of the population identified themselves as Christian. This number was much higher than expected, which puzzled a lot of people. Could that much of the population really be devout Christians who go to church or believe in God? The scholar and sociologist Abby Day was very skeptical of this and suspected that the methodology used by the census was questionable. As a result, she did an investigation of her own, trying to answer the same questions, but using a different method, thus diving into the complex world of belief and coming up with some very interesting results. Firstly, Day is skeptical and critical of the methodology used by the census study, as of course methodology has a huge impact on the results of a study like this. The census study is this huge undertaking where a whole massive amount of the population, in this case in the UK, is studied. And the way they do this is by handing them questionnaires where they have a few answers to choose from. And this is highly questionable when it comes to studying religion as it very much fails to capture the very complex nature of religious affiliation, identity and beliefs. Day, in her own research, tries to tackle this from a completely different approach. Belief is a very complex term, and what she wants to do is to counter those who use the term, quote, without analyzing or theorizing what they or the people they study mean. That is, by the word belief. At the most basic level, she does in-depth interviews with her informants, rather than just handing them a questionnaire with a few choices. She also does a conscious decision not to include what she calls religious questions or to avoid using overtly religious vocabulary and concepts. This was done in order to avoid the common problem that many researchers tend to ask questions that require certain answers, and instead to explore people's beliefs from a more neutral standpoint. She finds that while many of informants would identify as Christian if given a choice of options, this doesn't really say anything about their theological or philosophical views on life or the world. Indeed, many of informants are atheist or agnostic, but still identify as being Christians. And this may not be that surprising to some, but how can we explain it? When talking about belief and religion in the modern Western, primarily, world, uh, the sociologist Grace Davy coined the very famous term believing without belonging. That is, people in modern, secularized Western countries tend to believe in things still, things like spirits or gods or the afterlife or things like this, but that they do not feel like they belong to a certain religious tradition or institution. We find this position a lot. It's kind of well exemplified by the spiritual but not religious term that we see thrown around uh, commonly. And this is a view that is very accepted today. Uh, people still believe in things very strongly, but they don't belong to the traditional religious institutions in these, to the same degree. Abby Day doesn't disagree with this in a way she kind of affirms it, but she also adds her own spin to it. She adds to the term, or she, she, you could say she edits the term a little bit from believing without belonging to her own term, which is 
Believing in Belonging, which is also the title of her excellent book in which she presents uh, this research. What she's doing is arguing that belief is first and foremost a question of identity. When her informants say they are Christian, they do so primarily for reasons related to identity. Some of them call themselves Christian only because they were baptized, others because it marked their identity as different from the non-European others who they saw as intruders in Britain. These were what she calls members of a quote, performative Christianity, who identified as Christian for social reasons, a form of community or belonging. Quote, to be a Christian for them did not include participating in liturgy or ritual or engaging with Christian principles such as faith in God, the resurrection, or the life of Jesus. It only required being named or attending church when children or being part of what they described as a Christian culture. The fact is, most of these informants, when asked what they believe in, even those who were not part of this performative Christianity group, very much emphasized relationships and family when asked what they believe. For example, young people tended to express believing in family and friends. Their belief was what they calls anthropocentric. Their orientation was to people and not necessarily to gods. Half of these Christians either overtly disavowed religion completely or they never incorporated Christianity or God or Jesus into their discussions. And the majority of our informants had very little interest in religious or metaphysical questions as such. They concludes that belief is primarily of a social nature, that the function of belief is to make people feel like they belong, whether that be to a family or a community or a church and so on. A very important point that she makes is that beliefs are so-called performative, that is, they are shaped by the performative social relations that the person takes part in. This means that one's belief is very strongly interconnected with one's nationality, family, group of friends, and so on. In other words, people believe in their social relationships. Quote, Believing in belonging to a particular culture is, nevertheless, actively demonstrated and the claims vigorously supported by demonstrating adherence to certain social truths or facts that are presented as self-evident. The facts offered in evidence of membership in the culture help strengthen impermeable boundaries that define who has the right to belong. The act of claiming that identity is what I describe as performative. It brings into being a social reality for the informant and provides provides a comforting sense of cultural homogeneity. It may do so by relying both on already held beliefs and on assumptions that are preformed, adjusting them to particular circumstances through performing them. In that case, it does not depend on the number of times a particular act is performed, but upon what Butler referred to as the binding power of the act, and thus, I will argue, helps reproduce a certain idea of a certain culture. This also leads to the fact that belief, through this performative process, includes a very strong sense of the other or the outgroup. This becomes especially clear as many of the informants often blame many of society's problems on, for example, Muslims who they see as being foreign and different from the inherent Christian culture, which to them results in a clash. In other words, even people who may not believe in God or adhere to certain theological doctrines still very much identify with a certain Christian culture that is identified in opposition to another. When asked what they believe in, which is a very neutral, broad question, Day's informants often emphasized morality and good behavior as examples of what they believe in. For example, one informant called Barry, when asked the simple question what he believes in, he answered, 
What do I believe in? I believe in right and wrong. I believe in having good morals. I believe in honor. And this is a very common stance throughout the study. People tend to emphasize that they believe in morality and in being a good person, which sometimes takes the linguistic form of quote-unquote being a good Christian. For one informant, being a good Christian is defined by doing good things and helping other people, as he tells an example where he helps some ambulance personnel. So even for those who do use a more religious language, belief, or in this case being a good Christian, is also strongly connected to social morality and much less so to theological beliefs or rituals. But at the same time, this morality is not necessarily universal. When people say they believe in treating people fairly, the words people and fair are not necessarily neutral or universal terms. Instead, it often constitutes a certain group of people that one considers to be one's kin. Day writes, quote, Informants often raise the specter of an other, often ethically or racially constituted, young or female, as responsible for immoral behavior. This leads obviously to legitimizing prejudice against the other, but also that the informants often distance themselves from responsibilities regarding social problems. Day thus claims that belief is, quote, performed through social actions of both belonging and excluding. So while we may assume that when people say they are Christians, this means they belong to a certain category regarding practices or beliefs, this study shows that this necessarily isn't the case at all. Belief, instead, is a term that is very complex and broad and can mean very different things both to informants and to the researchers themselves. According to Abby Day and her research, belief is thus mainly a question of performative identity formation and social relationships. Now, this is just a very simple summary of the contents of her research, which is uh, summarized or written in her book, Believing in Belonging. So if you're interested in knowing more about this subject and studying further, I highly suggest you pick this book up. It's become somewhat of a, a modern classic in the academic field of religion. Now, we should remember that this research was done in Britain. And so the findings or results could be very centralized and specific to that region. We may assume, maybe, that if we study countries in Western or Central Europe, or maybe the United States, we would end up with uh, similar answers or similar results. But could the same be said for a country like China or Iraq or other countries in the Middle East? Maybe not, but this remains to be studied and to, for further research to be done on it. But what Abby Day has proposed here, and as I've said multiple times already, is that belief is primarily about identity, social relationships, and performative constructions of belonging. I'll see you next time. on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.